Oh, we are starting off like that, folks. And I want to welcome everybody to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio, your host. As always, tonight we have not one, but two guests. Um, returning to the show are the champions. But in this case, in this capacity, it's sort of now because we're on to Tears of the Kingdom, but we've got <laughs> it's right. himself. Sean Chiplock. I, I'm a no-show. Like I, out of all the people on the cast, I'm probably the one with the least involvement because one of them doesn't even show up because he already had his time, and the other one shows up, and I was like, "Yeah, we get to see more of the family life." And it was really just a guy getting up and sitting down on a couch. We had, and, and that's it. That's the whole performance. Then, you just got an illegally downloaded copy of that entire performance. I hope Real you're prepared. Talk, Sean, I didn't know if you were in the game or not. Like I. Oh. I Oh. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Joe Hernandez. No one else. <laughs> well, again, like, because they were so secretive and like so hush hush mm-hmm. about stuff. And so, like, you would only see the scenes that your character is yep. in. And yep. like, oh, and so, that's like, true. Yeah. There, there are moments where you would have cut scenes with other characters. And I'm like, okay, I see so and so. I see so and so. I don't see Rivali. <laughs> I don't see, like, like, I'll, like, is she, is Sean going to be like, is he okay? Like what's going oh, on? No. And, and my favorite part was because Teba didn't talk. I was like, well, good news guys. I still voice someone. I'm the, the Rito sage. And then I check online and like the majority of people are like, is that Matthew Mercer is the Rito sage? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's a good comp. That's a yeah, great yeah. Comp- I mean, though, it's no, it's not because it means I'm the discount Matthew Mercer. <laughs> oh, oh no! no. You're like, yo, man, I'm. I don't see that level, bro. So we're yeah. looking like yeah, that means you're level. at that level. I feel. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and then, ladies and gentlemen, as always, the beanied one, Gerard Barrera. What's up, baby? How's it going, nerds? Uh, right now, I'm not. Uh, I'm not feeling the beanie right now. It is like 90 degrees out, it's but hot. it's hot. <laughs> it's okay. I'm doing it for you because I, I'm committed. I'm committed to the character, just like my boys here. We're having weird stuff over here. It was only like 67 degrees a couple nights ago, but I know seven yeah. percent humidity. I looked at the humidity mirror. I was like, where? What? It's Why? Weird. Oh. I don't yeah. miss the humidity at all. If Canada then, doesn't <laughs> cut it out, we're going to start more fires up there. So <laughs> <laughs> and uh, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, the maitre d' services, the man with the couch, the man, the myth, the legend, the lion's mane, Jason Belletio. How's it going, guys? How's it going tonight? You know, getting that uh, beard back in back in service again. You know, it's been two weeks. Jason live in the real life. He has sold his apartment and moved into the void of nothingness. <laughs> oh, sorry. Just sorry. The There's couch. no rent. There's no rent. Who, who are they gonna find? How are they gonna find him if he doesn't pay? They're gonna search. It's, it's the all, all, all you need. All you need is a couch. Yep. All you need is a couch in the you home. Literally, you just open the couch and you just Harry Potter it. You just walk oh, down. No. That's all, all you costs, need is a couch. All it costs is finding a god of a death note and using it and then dying, <laughs> and you've got free apartment space for the rest of your eternal nothingness. You've got a dream. <laughs> a drink. let me tell you getting back on the freeway is an ass and a half <laughs> oh that's when you just port key wherever you need oh <laughs> but how's it going guys you know it's been it's been quite a while it's been uh dude good i am so i've let me start off because for you guys this is sean and and joe i want to thank you guys for tonight right because mm. We had we had yes, good conversation, good laughter last time. But like for me, 
tonight, I was telling Joe this before the, the episode and stuff like that. This is going to be well needed for me to be tonight and some laughter because with my mom's, the anniversary of my mom's passing was yesterday. Like, mm. and I can remember it like it was yesterday, four years ago. And as a matter of fact, we literally recorded an episode of the podcast, like the night I flew back to Colorado from Virginia to basically try and start taking care of my mom. Like yeah. all of the the finances, it was like my stepdad had no idea what the heck was going on finance wise in the house. Uh-huh. And I remember, I remember that we even we we even like asked you like multiple dude, times, like, they were like are, are you sure? sure? Like, dude, are you like, sure? <laughs> but you you needed to, you needed to. It's, to yeah, some, it's like the something. episode of like Clerks Animated where the guy's just going, is it safe? <laughs> is it safe? You know, but it was like, you know, it was needed, but it was like, and I got to give appreciation to you guys when you guys go do your signings and stuff like that, because, you know, we had Fan Expo here in Denver mm-hmm. uh, the weekend of 4th of July. So, um one I got to meet Nolan North was was great. I mean, that's like oh my god, that's iconic I right mean, there. He's, he's such a cool and, dude, and getting to yeah. tell him what Uncharted really meant to me beyond just being a game, right? Because mm-hmm, a lot of you mm-hmm. know, and for me, it was like at a low point at that point in my life, coming off of really messy divorce and everything, <laughs> and Uncharted came out and it pulled me out of that whole dark void of how messy divorces can be. So, but like for me, I got to meet Jonathan Frakes who is commander Riker in, in Star mm. Trek. Mm. Um, and I, Proceed number I, one. I openly like cried when I got to meet him and it wasn't just because, Oh, it's commander Riker. And like, some people are like, Oh my God, it's a, it's a character. But for me, it was because this year has been super hard for me for mm. whatever reason. I have no idea why, like the years past us on just is like anniversary one, two and three. I was okay. Like I didn't really break down, have my moments, but this year has been really weird. And, um, you know, maybe it's because my son's in kindergarten and my mom's missing a lot of that stuff growing up and whatnot, but like, and has missed some big moments, a lot of big moments, you know, and the card season three has gotten me through a lot of it and brought back a lot of really, really good memories. Like of me sitting down watching next generation with my mom every Sunday when the new episodes came out. You know, it was like, and just being able to talk to him and just, it just, the tears just let go. Like I couldn't, I couldn't help. I was like, dude, I want to thank you for Ricard. And like, there go the tears. I'm like, I'm crying to, you know, commander, you know, but hearing Jonathan's story too, saying, Hey, I lost my brother when I was really young, like, and him being able to relate to what I was going through and, and hearing that, that amount of just thank you for validating kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. Right. Because to you guys, I know, I mean, some of your characters are not just characters. They're, they're pieces of you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And like, he gave me the biggest hug, like at the end when we were saying goodbye and it was just like, he's like, thank you for telling me your story. And it was just like, that means more to me than just like a show. Right. I mean, anybody could just go, yeah, it's Star Trek. I was like, yeah, but it means more to us. So mm-hmm. I do have to say thank you for tonight because I know we're going to have some laughs and we're already, I mean, we already started off with, you know, Sean doing ibuprofen and Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, sometimes the goal of the day is survive by any means necessary. Yep. yep. 
So uh, I, I do amen. want to ask you guys amen. after, after exp- actually experiencing my first con like that, right? Because I've done mm-hmm. E3, but I haven't done, um, you know, anything like Fan Expo. So when you guys do these signings and and people come to talk to you there and you meet go. you and stuff, when how does it feel when they start talking to you? Like, and some of them tell you those stories on like how much your performance has actually meant to them. Tremendous. I mean, it, it really is, man. There, there, we, I'm trying to remember, was it SAC anime or there was, there was one, we were doing a signing and they had all of us from the cast there. And this one guy came up and he was like, man, I have no, I can't tell you how much it means to see, you know, uh, uh, Hispanic up here signing mm-hmm. like that just that means a lot and for me you know I'm really big on representation mm-hmm. and so you know that's something that I didn't really have that much in my media intake when I was growing up as, as a child so that's something that I do take very very seriously and you know there are there are Latinos there are Hispanics in the voiceover community but where it's not what it should be the representation is you know there's still room to grow um so again when when i hear that man i mean it's just it really hits you on a deeper level because you know that you know it's not just you know voicing a character it you know there's there's a greater significance to it and anytime you get a chance to to really resonate with somebody on that level my god it's just it's Mm -hmm. it takes on a life that's just so much bigger than itself inspiring even yeah yeah good uh, there was uh, one other woman. Oh, sorry. Go on. No, no. Go well, by all means. Go ahead. There was this one other woman that came up to us, uh, and she said that uh, her son, who was autistic, um, you know, played Breath of the Wild, and like that, that for her was like kind of her escape as well as his, because he took so much joy in playing it, and like for her as a mother, being able to watch her son get lost in a video game and just be a kid and just enjoy something Mm -hmm. allowed her that moment of just, just being able to be a mom and not have to worry about, you know, being a parent and all the distractions and all the hardships (laughs) that she probably has to endure with her scenario. Um, I mean, I went up and I gave her a giant hug, man, because again, you know, when you're able to affect people on a deeper level like that, that, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. It's about that mm-hmm. human emotion. It's about that connection. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's when you know like your your work has made a difference in somebody's life when you like mm-hmm. touch someone, you know. And I, I don't know if we've spoken about this the last time you guys were on um, about representation, but I also got to thank you for your representation, dude, because you know you're, you're representing us. I am also of Latino descent, so like. I would, I would also, uh, I also agree with you that we, we're, we're still not there, but I would say we're slowly seeing a resurgence. I would say like, I would say like more now, yeah. but mm-hmm. it, it's still slowly <laughs> getting there, but you know, try and tr- stay tried and true and keep, keep, yeah. you know, climbing that hill dude. And, and I, I hope more is to come. Yeah. I mean, and then we got the cab crashing game night. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to stick with the title, man. I, I had to contribute to it. 
She was wait. She's been waiting for Joe to sign something for her, but he's just been talking and talking. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, Joe. Joe adequately and significantly covered a lot of the personal aspect. There's not much I could say that that wouldn't be something he already covered in that regard. But I find it funny uh, when I think about the purpose or the meaning behind you know being at that autograph table and having people mm-hmm. line up because. Uh, I'm always at odds with the fact that it is a chance to interact with folks, but it is also in itself like a business, a service, a Mm -hmm. kiosk of sorts. Um, Because unless I happen to be having a dead day, there's a there's a not strict, but still like hidden time limit. You know, when you've got a long line of people and you need to get through them and you don't want to waste their time. So I'm always trying to balance like, okay, well, what, how, where's the conversation going with this person? You know, you know, have we shared enough information? Mm -hmm. Is there a way for us to keep in touch if we want to discuss more? You know, the business side is always at odds with the, with the creative side. But um, one thing that I appreciate about signings in general is it's multifaceted. And on the one hand, I have never been one for the faceless void method of fan service, let's call it, Mm -hmm. um, without naming certain specific apps and getting sued in the process. There's all kinds of apps <laughs> where people can like pay to request a special video or a shout out or something mm-hmm. like that. And I hate them. I hate them so much because it's 30 to 60 seconds of me talking, looking at myself in the face, not knowing what this other person looks like and then sending it mm-hmm. off. And it's not an interaction, you know, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a product. It's a job. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas getting to be at that autograph table, I get to see, I get to interact with, I get to share expressions and more personable. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. get to act and react with every single person mm-hmm. that comes up to that table. And I really cherish that. In fact, I've kind of made a name for myself as the kid who doesn't leave the table from, from open to close. Like every con that I go to, nice. if the con opens at nine and it closes at six, I am at that table unless mm-hmm. I'm at a panel or something else from that point. Um, there was a without going into a whole story, there was like uh, a thing in the Philippines where they ended up extending it by like two, three hours beyond the closing time because of stuff that happened. And like everyone else had left by that point, like all the other mm-hmm. guests. And I stayed there. I was there. Wow. I took a 30 minute nap under the table and then I kept going. So <laughs> um, so I appreciate that I get the chance to showcase mm-hmm. my passion for this career and share that moment with folks in line. Um, but also it, it is my way of giving back because I'm sure we've all had at least one point where we went to an event and we lined up for a panel that we really wanted to see, or for a guest that we really wanted to see. And they cut the line off at some point, or they say, after this person, we can't take anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's very busy. Or, or a don't meet your heroes moment. Yeah. Or a don't meet your heroes moment. Yeah. And yeah. my solution mm-hmm. to that is I tell people, if you are willing to wait in line, I will see you before I go. You know, I, I can't. I, I had a, I had one, I had a big moment in a uh, uh, don't meet your heroes moment. Mm. Really? Did one. you want to share? Who was it? Uh, Who was it? Who was Matthew it? Perry. Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. Yeah. That was it. Was yeah. it was rough? I, I was working at Sony at the time, and I opened the door for him, and he uh, he wasn't so polite in I've, so many words. And I've had parents come up to me with their kids and be like, "We were so we're so glad that you were so nice to talk to. You know, we had some bad mm-hmm. experiences with other guests, and I'm sitting here like." Who gets paid to show up on a weekend, gets paid to be there and gets to sell merchandise and still decides to have an attitude about being there? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. So I, I and to me, it's my vacation because mm-hmm. the, my brain is always running 50 miles per hour, even when, you know, when it's time to be sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, aren't you exhausted traveling to con after con after con? And I go, no, because when I'm at home, I'm auditioning and recording and streaming and helping the wife and making time for everything else and running the errands. And when I'm out at these cons, my one job is to sit at that table and interact with people. And when it's one task, it's a lot easier to focus on. So it's, it's cathartic for me because I only have to think about one goddamn thing for a couple of days. Yeah. So. That's an awesome way to think about it, too. Because, uh, yeah, because if, you know, other people can have a different perspective to where, like, they think, you know, the cons can be very jarring. It's like, oh, man, it's so many people. But, yeah, it's the way you look at it. And just if you enjoy it and just yeah, gung-ho I mean, about yeah. it and just want to meet the people, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a fun time. I mean, it's obviously a fun time for us. We obviously love going mm-hmm. to the expos and cons. But I'm going uh, every yeah, year now. Great. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's awesome, here. dude. Right. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah, I mean, like, Same with me, just, man. Comic-Con, I'm going every year. That just asked, like, Sean, just, you know, being out there. Because, yeah, like, I have waited in those, like, five-hour mm-hmm. lines. And I'm just like, you know what? How often? That's, when, that's how we became. That's how we. What we. Became. Yeah. I feel like there's like but a terrible dad joke in there. It's like, what's the best part of being a voice actor? There's pros and cons. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I will say it's like Peter Cullen, like who is the who has been the voice of Optimus Prime, yeah. like all the way back to Gen One. Like when I was sitting there waiting for Jonathan Frake, Jonathan Frakes' line, it was like about eleven thirty Mountain Time when it was. I was over there waiting. He wasn't even there going to be there until two o'clock on that There's Sunday. Line, huh? mm-hmm. And there his half of his line was like, his area was already filled up with people to the point where they were looking at Jonathan Frake's line going, can we steal a little bit more room? Out of there? <laughs> but, Damn. you know, to your point though, yeah, Sean, I think it is, it's very much appreciated to have that yeah. for you to have that point of view, because, you know, there were a couple of voice actors that were there that, we're supposed to be there right at 10 o'clock. Right. And they were for whatever reason running late and didn't show up for like another hour and a half while people were waiting. And, and so that, that is and still just did there a lot of time and left. Right. I, I yeah. try to give the benefit of the doubt That's because you never, yeah. you never know what it's battles someone right. is fighting in the background. Issue yeah. Yeah. Or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It's a bummer. It happens. So, but yeah. Before we dive into tears again, I could ask you guys, have you guys ever had like, your own personal like fanboy moment while you've been at these conventions and uh, uh, there's uh, been other voice actors there. Because, ooh, like, good question. Instance, yeah. Who have you, you know, run into like, where the like, one that Tara's I can... strong, right? She does <laughs> all the videos with all the different people when she goes to these cons and, and whatnot. So yeah. who's your fanboy moment? The one that I immediately think of, which I got to do within the last like six months was about two to three tables down was Brad Swale, who was the voice of Light Yagami in Death Note. So funny callback to the joke I made earlier. (laughs) What a lot of people don't know, uh, unless they grew up around the same time that I did, is like the first like thing that got me known in the voice acting sphere was when I auditioned for Anime Expo's AX Idol in 2009. And my audition was the breakdown monologue that Light has in the warehouse towards the end of the series based Mm -hmm. on Brad Swale's performance. So I finally, after like 15, 16 years of doing this, finally got to come up to him and Mm -hmm. say, you don't know me. We're just meeting now. But I need you to know that the reason I'm here at this table today is because of you. And I told him the story about that, and he was just, ah, I'm going to tear up if I talk That's about it. That's awesome, but. man. 
that's amazing dude that's like, cool. it's, it's like seriously yeah that full circle moment where you're just you know what this is what got mm-hmm. it started i'm waiting for it to happen to me like like at the same time that that's my brain's the like, other no, yeah I'll never no I that's hope. the other thing dude you like you be ready for that because that's yeah. going to be an amazing moment too that you inspired yep. someone <laughs> and and it's true it's very true those performances were amazing and you know coming from an uh you, you know a 30 year old I, I love those games dude and they were yep. amazing yep what about you joe uh jim cummings Jim Cummings, that was did oh. sack anime. Uh, God, I don't know how many years ago before the pandemic and all that stuff. Jim Cummings, we're talking from, Jim Cummings' voice of Winnie the Pooh, right? Yes, amongst yeah. many, many others. He, he does a lot more than you'd face. Uh, well, no, that, I deep, mean, Deep Point yeah. is my favorite Disney character uh, in Pete, uh, Peg Leg Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I love it. just everything that he does is just awesome. Mm-hmm. And it, just, it, it inspired me at a very early age to get into this business. Um, and I had met him at like a couple of other like social gatherings and stuff like that, knowing from uh, some mutual friends and all that stuff. And like every time was just kind of like, uh, uh, <laughs> you can't even, you can't even say yep. anything because you're, you're so like, and I don't, I don't get starstruck. I don't, I absolutely don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but in that it, moment, you're it, like, what could I say that I can, but it, all, it, it always depends right. on the caliber though. Like yeah. I, I'm the same way. Like I'm pretty good with, with uh, famous people and actors, but it depends. Like, you know, you're like what could I say that no one else has said yet? I don't want him to do that thing. Of, oh, <laughs> like, okay. oh my God. Oh yeah. 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 No, <laughs> just go all in. Yeah. You just don't want to sound like a goof, you know, like you don't want to be like mm-hmm. a, a total turd and just like, bleh, you know, like totally like, like mm-hmm. in this case, you should uh, sound uh, like a goof. Uh, that's uh, what honestly, what dude, off of. <laughs> actually, I, I can actually say uh, from uh, like actually recently from experience. No, dude, go all in and just express yourself because, uh, yeah, I made yep. an ass of myself in front of someone like I admired very much uh, at Disneyland, dude. <laughs> so it was it was Batman himself, Christian Bale. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, dude. But I went all in. I just like, excuse me, sir. I just said a few, a few words. Like you inspired me. You're, you're like one of my film heroes. I just said a few words and he was like, that's very sweet, mate. Thank you. And, and you know what it is? Yeah. Uh, it, it, I think it comes from a, um, a place of like, I don't want to bother this person. I just don't. Yep. I don't, I don't yeah. But, but, and usually I don't, I usually, I do not do that. Like, Plenty of times, dude. I I almost met Colby Saunders at Disneyland, but I, I I locked eyes with her and just like waved, like like you're awesome. Just gave her a little like sweet because she was with her family. But <laughs> it, but Bale, yeah. dude, that was like, when am I ever gonna get this moment? Yeah. So I mm-hmm. that's why I just gave a few words and walked away. Oh, that's cool. But I was just like I that, one of those moments where I I kind of had to like I'm really sorry. And but yeah. And I get that, Joe, what you're saying is because like my wife, when we went to Fan Expo, right? Her, my whole goal taking her there was to meet Jody Benson. Wow. So for a lot of people who don't know who that is, she is the OG Ariel. Yeah. In Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Little Mermaid. She has it in her contract that she will always be the animated version of Ariel. They can never replace her. It is built oh. into her contract. Yeah. Oh. They, Sounds uh, like we need to strike a third time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. My, uh, hey. she found that out during the, like the round table, like the whole Q and a like little panel session that Jody was doing and stuff, but was like, she was kind of, 
she was like wondering like how would she approach i'm like dude just talk to her like a person Right. I think that's the best advice I can give to anybody who's listening yeah. to this and watching yeah. is that when you go to these conventions and you go to talk to them, just treat them like a person, you know, yeah. just mm-hmm. don't, you know, instead of just being like, oh, they're, they're the character. It's like, yeah, they're the character, but they're also a real person too. And it's like, those are the most genuine experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, through the podcast we've met, I mean, you guys and so many more, you know, even at E3, right? Just running into different actors and, and stuff there. It's just like, you treat them like a person and it's going to go a whole lot better than this. They're there just, you know, for a fan service, right? Um, they appreciate, they, it feels yeah. like you guys appreciate more of those stories on why they fell in love with your character and why they love your performance it, mm-hmm. on more of a personal level instead of like oh my god the the you know the game's so so popular and amazing like you're you're a great character can i get this signed like no it's it's more of the mm-hmm. like what made them want to get that game and and continue on yeah it's it's part of what keeps me humble about my career because you know one of the co- questions we often get asked is what is your favorite role that you've done or what's the one that you cherish the most and I, I tell people it's not a cop out when I say that I find a different reason to like each of them because I, I point to the audience. I'm like, probably every single person in this room has a project or a show that is unique and special to them for whatever reason. Who Which is I? why I feel is a way better, way, perfect answer too. Right. It's like, it's like, I don't ever want to align myself and be like, oh yeah, that one was okay, but it wasn't as fun as this one. No, mm-hmm. I want to be able to connect with you on what made it special mm-hmm. to you and then share my own story on top of it. So... That's that's how I feel my love for movies. I, I can't I can't critique too much to the to the point because I always find some sort of what, what reason to appreciate it. Right. Can we what I see real quick, Jerry? You saw the picture, right? Speaking of the love of movies, and let's talk about our childhoods. You saw the picture Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman posted, right? Oh yes, I did. Um, yes, I did. I, I I'm, 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 tr- I'm trying so hard not to like see anything. Well, I, I want to go into I, that movie completely blind, but I would yeah. put money on the bet that they're going to recreate that meme image of Wolverine on a bed, like holding the photo frame in front of him. Oh, they already um, did. Already did. did. <laughs> yeah. They already, they already did the, the cartoon version yeah. of uh, that picture in the frame. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you got already so much at some point. So much stuff is leaked out about that. It's hilarious. But like they did explain why Hugh Jackman's got long sleeves. Oh, I was just though. about to bring it, that up. Go ahead, the, go ahead. Well, he Hugh Jackman had like skin cancer. He has skin yeah. cancer, yeah, so they basically retrofitted the, the yeah. old classic suit with sleeves. He had, so he he had be, I think two surgeries in the same spot on his nose in like for like within the past year or two years. Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah, it was starting to get, he talked about when they were workshopping the greatest showman. And this Mm -hmm. was like literally right before, like he had had like a procedure done on his nose that affected Mm -hmm. his singing. I think that was his second one. Yeah. They were supposed to pitch the show. They were supposed to like actually do one of the numbers uh, in order to get financing and get the movie made. And like his doctor was like, I can't guarantee you that if you sing like acoustically, it's going to like tear your, your nose off or like cause a, a tear or hole like, yeah. like in, in what's going on with your, your nose. And he did Oof. it. Today and yeah, it was like, it was crazy, man. Like look up yeah. talking about it. That's why Jackman's the man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He's I can't wait for it. Um Yeah. And then I also I say um, I can't kind of wait for Superman Legacy now just because we get to see Nathan Fillion in a Green Lantern costume. 
Hopefully, I, it's not CG. You got that, it. That was that was cool. I, I'm I'm wondering who he's going to be. He's which uh, lantern? Uh, he's Guy Gardner. Yeah, Guy Gardner. Really? As yeah. much as I would love to see him play Hal Jordan, because just like he's too he's was, too old he's too for old Jordan, old man. Like based on, like on the Superman, but that would have been but, sweet. But, but yeah. why Guy Gardner? That's why? the other thing because he's usually a younger character in the comics. So I'm wondering. Is he going to be like more of a jaded older character? I'm yeah, weird. I wonder. Nathan Fillion's too likable to play Guy Gardner, and that's the other thing. Yeah, he's a dick. He's a dick in the comics. He's yeah, he's not likable at all. But the other castings were pretty Um, cool. Um, What's her face from Transformers First Night? She's a hot girl. That's where I recognize her from. She's playing, yeah. yeah. Okay. And Dora. She was Dora. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then the other one I think is uh Mr. Fantastic. They they casted. Yeah. yeah. Uh he was the death dealer in Twilight. Right. Right, right. Yep. All right. So I gotta ask you guys, how's it how's it feel to be seeing Tears of the Kingdom having such the impact that it is and you guys being a part of that legacy? It is mm-hmm. so highly amusing to me to not not the players, but the developers losing their goddamn minds. Like in the first <laughs> week that the game was out, I remember just seeing threads of of asset creators and artists and game engine designers going, how, how Nintendo, what? Like, just just <laughs> right. Just, like, <laughs> do you understand how long it took me to create a set of wheels that didn't crash the game as soon as they started rotating? How do you do this? Was, yeah. It just, it just made it just highlighted to me like all the 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 secrecy that Nintendo has yeah. behind its games and how it's such proprietary information. There's a reason for it because when you have industry leads going, I have no idea how the hell they did that. You no. know <laughs> that there's some black magic going on. Yeah. yeah. I Especially mean, on the Switch where it's like not the strongest old. console, you know? But And it, cartridge. Still cartridge. Or does that make a difference? Technically, it's still cartridge. Technically. It's a beautiful freaking game, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. proud to be just like this you know, part of piece of the, the, the greater, you know, whole, uh, yeah. that is this, this I, game. I do think it's weaker than breath of the wild in one important regard though. And I don't it? get, I don't get that spicy taste anymore. When I lick the cartridge, they stopped doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that knocked it down. One. <laughs> it knocked it down. And that ladies and gentlemen is why that's you not awesome. do it's, That's why you do not do ibuprofen and Red Bull. <laughs> I put I, I rest them on my tongue like they're those those Listerine strips that you do for bad bro, breath. Bro, no! <laughs> I keep I keep it no, under my tongue. That's probably why I didn't get a speaking role. Is they were like, "Are you ready to record for ten? And I was like, "Oh yeah, hold on." <laughs> I'm wondering if that's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen Z version, <laughs> like those D batteries or whatever the batteries were, and like putting them on your tongue. Do you remember you? Dude, I never oh, did that. Yeah. I like, did that all the time when I was a kid. <laughs> Like just, I, I did that on dares, but uh-uh. not willing. Listen, no. <laughs> don't don't look up what Gen Z or the current Gen is into. Like I, oh, God, I oh dude, into, I was about to say like. No, uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna link something uh, in chat. Pod, I don't think you want to show it. But uh, wait, iPod pods. No, remember, no, remember it's that called, it's called oh, Skibbity Toilet. Challenge? It's oh, called what? Skibbity Toilet. Here, oh god, no, <laughs> oh no, no. I I, I don't oh, no. think it's inappropriate, but like this is this is new gen humor. As I'm opening it up right I'm, now i'm, I'm checking no, no i'm I just i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh but 
Uh, I have it queued. I'm going to watch it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's my part of the answers. I was just I was so enthralled by how the rest of the gaming industry was losing their minds. Mm-hmm. Dude, I mean, it's when you have something where you can build something, you know, people are just going to go crazy, wild, yeah, mm-hmm. like insane. So, my question is, how do you guys feel about the imagination of the players? Like, uh, you know, with the Kuroks and you know the the <laughs> building. I'm breaking <laughs> the convention. <laughs> I'm incredibly grateful that they showcased to me exactly why I will never play that game because I would get so frustrated. <laughs> Trying to do the most basic of building tasks, <laughs> dude. It's it's so it's so funny that because it's like my wife's been the one that's been playing it mostly, and right. she's maybe like one, maybe two temples in, not that far in the game, but she has put in like sixty hours because <laughs> she's just she's just roaming like no tomorrow. Like nah, sister in law the same way. I was like, oh my god, guys, but they're like, dude, like it's how you want to play the game. I'm an yeah. analyst when it comes to gaming. You give me, you give me uh, constrained parameters with very specific limits and tell me to operate within those limits. And I will figure out how to break the game wide open within mm-hmm. those limits. But you give me a wide open world and say everything and anything you do. Yeah. Works. Go wherever you want. Yeah. And I'm like, her <laughs> choice of paralysis or paralysis of choice does not, does not work. I, I got to say this. So with all the love and respect to you guys, right. And, and where you hold things, I stopped playing tears of the kingdom two really? weeks after launch. Now, why, why is that? It had nothing to do with the story, even though like weapon durability still ticks me off. We don't really need that, but it is the fact that they force feed you ultra hand and make you use it so much that I wasn't a fan of the mechanic. Like mm. I get its purpose, but the fact that you have to use it so much for so many different things just kind of drove me crazy. And Be it, honest, like, it it's took, because it, it reminded away. you of the hot furry dad and you were getting uncomfortable feelings. So you had to back no, away from not it, that right? because I play, I play animal crossing. I am 800 plus hours in animal crossing and I am, actually redoing my island right now like oh, as yeah. we speak yeah. yes. i love how animal Crossing is great because it gives you like power fantasies like paying off things that you want to own <laughs> i just build it all <laughs> <laughs> um but no it was just having to go into every temple having to build something to mm. to solve it or mm. you know all those different pieces instead of actually having a little bit more flexibility to use the other items like i absolutely love the the rewind feature you know like when I have those, the big, you know, hoboglins, you know, throwing big boulders at you, I just like rewind, throw it right back at you. You know, mm-hmm. those, I, I, I like those functions, but ultra hand, I just didn't like having to ha- be forced to use it a mm-hmm. lot of the time, especially for all the, the shrines and stuff. So I kind of stopped playing. I'm going to try and go back and try and finish it, but it's just, just kind of just was getting to me. Give it, give it a chance. I mean, you know, like it's, it's the first one and yes, they kind of overdo it a little bit as far as like, you know, making you utilize it, but it's really the foundation of all your abilities. And like, you kind of build upon it from there. And, um, you know, you mentioned some of the different shrines and like all that, you know, that's one of the things that I loved about like some of these challenges is like, there's no one set way they're different instead of <laughs> compared to breath i love it. different and i, I love yeah. it like that's that's one of the features and qualities <laughs> about the you know those challenges that i freaking love is like there's no one set way of doing things i, I get tr- trying to encourage him to uh continue on until at least you got the um recall button for the building 
Mm. The yeah. where you can set your memory on, so you wouldn't have to keep using it. You, all you have to do is just click on it, and it does it automatically. Yeah, I was saying at least to go to that point and mm. see where you feel. But you know, I mean, I, I, get back to it when you can. I'm me, still playing it. I love it. Me. It's an everyday mm-hmm. like, yeah, two hour here and there thing. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's, it's one it's, of those games that I'm. Gonna I think what's funny is keep it's, going. It's hooked Theo. Right, yeah, and Theo's, well, I mean, it's, it's like, a ten out of ten game, sir. It is a ten out of ten game. And he, I, I think he just started it a week or two ago. Like he, he was yeah. late to the game as well, and he's like, "Oh, dude, it's I'm, it's amazing." I'm stuck yeah. on FF16 right now. <laughs> like, I wish I still had time from for MMOs. I, oh wait, no, that's not MMO. No, that's, no, that's the new one that came out. Jerry, is that yeah. is that out out or is that just yes, like a, it's out out? Oh yeah, my it's, god! Like, yeah, I'm getting too old. Time going too fast. It is, Must stop. It is. Don't it is worry, Sean. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm throwing a, the Red Bull back up. I'm slowing time down again. I've been a Final <laughs> Fantasy fan ever since I could remember, and I I, I have it bought, and it's still wrapped. And I'm like, oh my god, I just I I need to find time. I need to find time, man. Like I'm trying to Jason, knock out my backlog right now, dude. Yeah, hey, backlog. Jason, the platinum for you is very doable. Oh, because it doesn't require doing anything like an ultra hard. It's just basically. Do finish the game on New Game Plus is one of the the trophies. That's well, I mean, either, either so. way, it's just like it's just the fact that I've I haven't even opened <laughs> it up, man. It's just uh, I feel like I feel like I'm yep. such a I've been fronting, man. Like no, I just <laughs> I need time, bro. <laughs> like I need some time. Okay, okay, circa nineteen ninety eight. So <laughs> you fronting dog? Fronting? You front? I'm, I'm, I'm posing? Like, come on, bro. <laughs> you, so, you, Joe, you straight posing dog? Posing? Yeah, yes, yeah, right. So, Joe, with as much as you've played it, right, and whatnot, have you gotten to the point where we get to see Yonobo? I, I have. I just got. How did that feel with the the Fire Temple and Death Mountain and all that stuff? Um. It's just cool, man. It's yeah. really, really cool. Like again, I'm I'm probably about eighty hours in, and I've barely scratched the surface. I'm I'm only two temples down, so I still yeah. have a long way to go. Uh, but there's just this beautiful sense of accomplishment and just like immersion that I I have not experienced with any other game like this. Um, and just being able to like just get lost and fall in love with the aesthetic and the beauty and like going off and doing these side quests and just exploring and i i love it man you still get the shivers when the music sting hits at a certain point while you're adventuring yeah and and now what's really cool uh you know you talk about meeting Inovo and and you know death mountain and all that stuff i'm at a point now where my kids are old enough and so they're watching me play and they're hearing daddy's voice um which is just a, a really rewarding experience just on a deep level what what was their reaction when you told them like that's dad yeah did that character yeah they're 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 like you know their eyes lit up and stuff that's awesome dude oh it's it's just it makes it extra special it really does oh that's so cool yeah yeah we always we always get updates uh with matt when he's uh playing with with uh they live vicariously well. through me. It's it's awesome. It's awesome though, because you know, you know, he's he's starting to get pretty good. At, well, no, he's doing games on his own now. So the boys right now are playing Mario Odyssey. That's okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Cody. Yeah, yeah. on rarely asking me for help. They're doing it on their own for the most part. 
Yeah. Oh my God. That makes me feel so old now. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're doing that. They're doing, you know, Captain Toad on their own. Oh, the cool. part, and no joke, man. It's... I mean, I played, I, again, I have a really bad habit of like starting games, but never finishing them. And Mario Odyssey was one of those games, unfortunately. Um, but while I was playing it, there's just this perfect, wholesome, just just vibe of Mario Odyssey that made me remember why I fell in love with playing video games in the first place. And again, I you, yeah, I, I can't say that about a lot of games. You kind of get you get lost again, like how you kind of started the first Mario game. You kind of get lost in just playing and Absolutely. just enjoyment, just yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just for the love of playing the game. That's it. Yeah. So Sean, I got to ask you with, when you look at you being listed as, you know, Deku tree and Taba and stuff, you know, you're mentioning you didn't really have lines or anything for it. How do I mean, still having characters that are part of, you know, what you took, took part in for breath and everything like that. How do you feel about those still being in in tears and still a great deck tree is still crazy for me. Cause like the thought I still have is, is uh, even every so often I'll still try to check it. Like, okay, there's, there's gotta be another animated series that he showed up in that had a voice actor for it. Right. Like, <laughs> so, and, and coming to the realization that at least for right now, there is one English voice for the great deck tree in the entirety of the 8.6 billion people world. And it's me is surreal i can't Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous and it hits even harder because and and without going into the full story about this the great decker tree was originally the only character that i was cast as revali and teba came later down the line while we were in the recording process and i shouldn't have even had the chance to begin with if i hadn't been insistent about it because i had booked a callback but it was for two other characters and when i asked if i could do the voice that would end up being the great decker tree as my third the casting director at first like assured me like oh we've got we've got bigger guys we've got guys with really deep voices and as professionally as i could i said i totally understand and if you don't like it that's fine but i was allowed to pick three characters i would like to do the third character <laughs> and if i had just said oh i understand you know don't worry about it thank you for your time none of that would have happened and it's so it's almost terrifying to think about that that one moment in time that one little moment of insistence and the preparation that it took to be able to blow them away when they were coming into it with, all right, you know, we'll humor him, we'll mm-hmm. listen to it, and then we'll move on. To, to shift their entire opinion in that moment, it's scary. I'm glad it worked out, but it's terrifying. So great. But you can treat. also look at it that it, that moment was, was also kind of meant to be because, as you said, you chose that moment to kind of plant mm-hmm. your feet and be, be insist. Like, you know what? I prepared for it. I really would like to just try it we could say it's meant to be i tend to be more realistic where i just view it as Mm -hmm. it is the perfect example of preparation plus opportunity equals success you know i don't i don't ever want to pretend something is fated to be or not fated to be but i find that if you keep yourself ready then whenever that random chance or that one-off opportunity comes along you have the best chance of capitalizing on it and that is like the core of being successful no matter what you're doing Mm -hmm. whether it's vo or podcasting or anything 
I agree with that more. I, I, I am, I, I'm more on the side of being more, a little bit more self-aware and just I understand ha- having, having the opportunity to, to uh, see that opportunity and then right. seize it. Right. True. That's much, very true. Yes. Much better. Let and me ask you guys this. Amazing. If, if by some miracle we were to get a remaster or a remake of Ocarina of Time, <laughs> would you guys reprise your lineage's roles? So the Gorgon, the Gorons, the Deku Tree. In exchange for give, I would, but in exchange for giving up Rivali and Teba, because I don't think there's really an equivalent no. present Ocarina of Time, uh, I would want to voice Mito. The, the jerk-ass Kokiri who <laughs> don't bother coming back until you've got a sword and a shield, you know? Huh. <laughs> I'm Mito. I protect the forest. <laughs> I'm immediately going to hear that now. That's all I'm going to hear right. if, I, if I ever play that again. Oh, my God. That would be sweet. I like that. Joe? Yeah, you- ab- absolutely. A thousand times. Um, I don't know if I've told this story to you guys before, but I remember... I, I don't. I think it was Wind Waker, man. Uh, where I I first met that game, and I just I remember the song even to this day. You know, I it, like it. It it sits in my mind, and like I just remember being so fascinated by them. I must have been maybe about like fifteen, sixteen at the time. And Wind Waker, it, for me, it's Ocarina of Time and like Wind Waker. It's like one A and one B as far as I'm concerned. We're there. That's that's literally my list. Like it's it's so hard to choose. Well, and Breath and Tears now. Yes, Breath and Tears. Uh, it's so hard to choose, but like, man, those games just hit, you know, at the right time for me. And like, falling in love with Gorons back then. If you had told me that I would be a Goron champion mm-hmm. two times. Uh, come on! Like that—that's mm-hmm. something that sixteen-year-old Joe never in a million years could ever ever yeah. wrap <laughs> my mind around. Like that's just—that's crazy, man. That's just uh, you know—that's crazy talk. And it's even weirder when you think about this, Joe, because like when we were that age, experiencing those games, like sure they didn't have VO. But we were enraptured by these universes. We were we were creating the voices in our heads, yeah. whether or not we were. Oh, aware I imagined of it every, every playthrough. Yep. Oh, yeah. You, so, you fell in love with their personalities. You fell in love with with who they were. You know, their expressions. Try, you know, yeah, everything. Try and conceptualize that right now. There are people who are that age that we were back then playing these games the way that we played Ocarina of mm-hmm. Time and having those moments when they meet our characters, this time hearing voices behind them and feeling that same sense of, I'm in this entirely different world right now. Yeah. I, it's so exciting. Yeah. It's such it's a awesome. good full circle mm-hmm. moment. It's it's insane too that you bring that up because yeah, like a lot of people, um, especially since we're really close to a lot of the uh, Final Fantasy guys, like we, when we grew up, we're like, oh, okay, these are what they sound like. Oh, like, and it, it's uh, it's like, uh, like we it was during yeah. that time we were wishing like oh man imagine oh, imagine if they had like a little or... bit more in the budget and they they got uh, voiceovers well, for the characters it's just like but I wonder what they sound just like. something what, added what to it, it. yeah it, like have that extra dimension to bring them alive and then now you hear it now with all these remakes that are coming have, out with these like voices and you're just like oh that's what it's supposed to sound like or, I like, always wanted them at least in this in the cinematics at, at during yeah. that time. Yeah. I think it's entertaining, like especially like John and 
and Brianna, right? Brianna, when the game came out, was doing episodes where the she would bring on the other voice actors, and they would voice the lines from the original Final <laughs> Fantasy VII game as their remake characters. Ah. So, like, John Herrick Bentley reading <laughs> Barrett's lines is hilarious because I wouldn't imagine him to have that kind of a voice yeah. for yeah. the OG. And I think, though, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, just, you know, that impact, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you guys now, for those that are experiencing Zelda through Breath of the Wild for the first time, yeah, right? The next wave. I grew up, for me, it was Link to the Past. And the OG Zelda on the NES, like Link to the Past will always be my favorite Zelda of all time. Like I can go back, play that game till I'm blue in the face and keep going. And it never gets tiring. Like now people are experiencing Breath of the Wild and hearing you guys voicing those characters. And I think now too, as you guys are giving like some semblance of like hope that like some of these people that actually are into acting and want to do voiceovers that, Hey, you know what? Like you talk about Joe, you 16 year old, you couldn't imagine that you'd be a Goron one day. It's like, you know, you have, you're going to have kids that are going through going, I'm never going to, you know, I I don't know how I'd get into this. And now you kind of give them that hope that, Hey, I can get into this too. You know, and we've had those frank conversations, right. On in the past where, you know, you've said it's, it's hard, you know, in the beginning, it's hard even now because you guys are constantly, you're hustling. And I, I especially appreciate as someone who grew up in Michigan, I am very aware of and grateful for my, my background as well, because, um, you know, when you mentioned people who are eager to get into this or eager to know what the next steps are, I, I appreciate that I get to share like, Hey, I didn't, I wasn't born in a Hollywood family. I didn't grow up in the city and make early connections. I, um, you know, I grew up on the age of the internet. A lot of my earliest work was on Newgrounds, and and you're you're kind of seeing some of that discourse coming up now. Uh, if you've seen some of the the drama involving like Sun Wong and other folks, where it's like, oh, they're YouTubers, they can't act, and they're like, no, no, you don't understand. We've been acting a lot longer than you think we have. Um, we're getting back to the main topic. The fact that I can tell them, you know, I didn't grow up in Hollywood locales. I didn't have theater as a basis. You know, I did theater in middle school, but I didn't major it in college. But instead, I found ways to uh, expand my expertise and my creative outlet to make it successful for myself anyway. So while you may not follow my exact path, here are some key milestones or key points that I experienced that I might be able to help better prepare you for. And I like that I'm able to give them that insight of like, you don't have to be set up for success. You just have to be willing to put in the time, effort, and at times financial investment to uh, seek out those opportunities and make them more likely to happen for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, kind of piggybacking off of what Sean had said, um, I've discovered uh, that in my journey, there's no two paths are the same. I mean, as far as like how Sean got here is very different than mm-hmm. how I got here. Mm-hmm. You, know, you talk about not taking, you know, like any theater classes outside of like junior high. I went to college for theater. I did Shakespeare. I did all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I paid my dues. And for me, I felt like that, you know, that was my training ground. Um, when I got out of college, my parents harped on me, like, go to a graduate school, get it, get a master's degree, all that other stuff. And at that point in time, I was not interested whatsoever in doing, you know, another, you know, two, three years of, of a master's program, getting even more in debt with college and all that stuff. But that's when I started taking voiceover classes. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was my master's program. 
that was me like like taking that next step and building upon everything that I had learned um, in my theater training. And now I was getting really, really specific. And one of the best pieces of advice that um, one of my professors told me is, you are your own business, whether you realize mm-hmm. it or not. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I always try to tell a lot of the <clears throat> upcoming voice actors is like, you can't treat it like a hobby. Like, and I know you, you know, you get into something, uh, for, for pure intention, mm-hmm. you do it because you love doing it. You do it because you want to do it. And this is, this is something you're passionate about. But if you were, you know, trying to start a construction business, if you were trying to start a, you know, this or that, like you would need a certain amount of overhead. And like, with that, you need mm-hmm. to like invest in yourself as far as like your training, your equipment, you know, the, there's there's so much that goes and your your self motivation like you know for th- what the the public sees in general is us making the announcements on Twitter or engaging in drama and like making the they, reveals they but, don't see all the work that goes what, into the audition yeah what they oh don't see God. is the fifty auditions that we spent equal amounts of time on that didn't lead to anything what they don't see is the nights that we're up until two o'clock in the morning editing mm-hmm. training audio for a business that they are never going to hear yeah. it because that's what's helping pay the bills uh funny story uh because uh, Matt probably knows from the email that I forgot that this was supposed to be at seven instead of six uh <laughs> so I logged in at six and I was like, oh oh, it's an hour from now. In that 55 minutes between when I left the room and came back for the interview, I sent off 11 character auditions and two additional corporate auditions for uh, a site that I had a membership on because I happen to have that free time. And I'm like, if I knock it out now, I'm not going to have to deal with it later. That one hour time span, bam, 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 just left and right. And statistically, the most likely outcome is that none of them pan out. And I have to be just as willing to do it the hundredth time as I was Uh the first time. And that is daily, every day, every week, every month. And a lot of people don't realize how persistent that is and how high the rate of rejection is compared to those successes. And I say successes with like a heavy handed quotation because yeah, you succeeded, you got the job. No, don't screw it up once you get in the studio. I was about to say, uh, just editing alone, people don't even realize like how long yeah, I it mean, takes to, to put up an episode or even, ju- even just a small segment, you know, they don't realize like how long it really takes to edit. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I'll say this too, kind of coming off of what Sean had said is, you know, for every Zelda, for every final fantasy, for every, mm-hmm. you know, you name it, triple a type of game. Um, there are, I don't know, 10, 20, I don't know how many other little games that we've mm-hmm. all played, you know, that are like mobile or whatever that like, just don't see the light of day. People don't hear about, like, are just so obscure that like, you know, it's like, oh, that thing, uh, I'll give you a quick story, man. Um, I was working on this one project for the longest time and it was like, oh, okay, cool. And again, every you know, most titles use code names. So you don't know the actual mm-hmm. yeah. of the game itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm, I'm working on that thing again. All right, whatever. And so I start seeing these previews pop up for this game that's about to be released. And like the studio or the, the, you know, they're, they're doing interviews with, mm-hmm. the cast, which is like, Oh, okay, cool. Hey, I know that person. Oh, Hey, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's like, damn, I, you know, that, I, I wish I was in that game. Right. Fast forward to like two or three days later, I get an email saying, hey, Joe, you know that thing that you worked on that was codenamed this? 
it's actually that game that you were for. So it's like, yeah. oh, son of a bitch. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm in that freaking game. I didn't even know it. I I cannot tell you how many times like we're left out of the loop, like how many uh, obscure things are like, again, you don't get the final title. Like uh, I can't remember what. And I'm happy that you guys do get left out of the loop because (laughs) that makes it less likely for an NDA to get broken. Oh yeah. No, no. Um, Real quick story. I mean, kind of bringing back to Zelda Um, me and Bill know each other. Like I've known Bill uh, um, ever since he came out to to LA. Bill, who uh, voices uh, King Rome of Hyrule, uh, yep. mm-hmm. uh, I've known Bill ever since he came out to LA, and so we're pretty good friends. Like we'll occasionally hang out and get a bite to eat, get some drinks, and like hang out with friends and stuff like that. Um, and when we were working on on Breath of the Wild, like I'd be leaving a session and I'd run into Patricia, or I'd run into you, Sean, or I'd mm-hmm. run into Amelia. Or I'd run into Elizabeth. So, like, I kind of had an idea of who was in the cast. More. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that my friend, Bill Rogers, was the king of Hyrule. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And again, like, we would be just talking like, hey, you know, what's going on? What do you, you know? He had to method act it. He ghosted you. like, Like, he didn't say anything. Cause he didn't want to break NDA. Yeah. I didn't say anything. Cause I didn't want to break NDA. And nope. so we just <laughs> went about our lives, you know, just keeping this big secret from each other, you know, cause NDA, mm-hmm. um, until maybe about three days before the game came out and they sent out an email to everybody in the cast saying, Hey guys, we're really excited. Like, this is what's coming up. Like, you know, uh, you know, yep. games coming out in like another, you know, couple of days. So just, you know, you know, just get ready for, for all that that's going to happen. And I'm looking at this email and I'm like, okay, I see Patricia, I see Sean, I see a Emil- Bill's on this. That son of a boy. <laughs> and so we kind of had like this mutual, like, ah, kind I've- of moment. I like Sweet. to I like to imagine that at the moment you both got the email, you called him and he picked up and he went, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It was just that for the first 30 seconds. He went, ah, yes, no. son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, I also feel a little bit like a hole too, just to kind of piggyback off of all that. Uh, because uh, probably about a week before that email went out. And again, I didn't, I didn't meet everybody like, uh, um, Andy Gibson, uh, who plays Impa. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she sent me a friend request on Facebook and I can laugh about this now because I, I know, Andy, <laughs> uh, but yep. I have kind of like a policy where it's like, well, I'm not going to accept a friend request. If I don't mm-hmm. know you, if I've never met you. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know, it's like, who's this rando? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <and> so, <laughs> like, I think I may have declined yep. friend off the top of my head. And then finally I see the email and it's like, Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh my! And, and so I felt like yep. a total a hole after that, and uh, I made it up to her, and like I was just like very. You apologetic. know what though? I, I get it, Joe, because like, <laughs> um, both uh, Vic Chow, who's in FSN, and John Bentley, like we were friends with them. That you know, we you know every time we go to LA, we hook up with them and stuff. Like, and John had a project. He didn't say anything about it, and when it launched, I'm like. You son of 
I was like the same type of thing with like you and Bill, you're like, I hate you, but I love you, but I get it though. And I think that's, what's great though, about, you know, everybody that we know is that you guys value NDAs so much, Yeah, you know, and believe me, the, the, the respect is very mutual on that because we respect you know, it as much as knock, you on, do. knock on wood yeah. since January 1st, but, and, and 2019. May, may I also just say, uh, the, you know, everything that you guys just, just told us the stories, but also, also the amazing information that you gave. That's, that's what we appreciate of, of getting you guys on because, you know, the information you're, you're giving us and saying out, out mm-hmm. loud or giving, saying out there, uh, for, for the future voice actors who yeah. like, uh, you know, yeah. who, who may need, you know, a, a bit of realism and, a, a, you know, to be a little bit more self-aware that like, Oh, you know, like maybe I need to take this a little bit more seriously yeah. or I need to, okay. I need to invest a little bit more in this. Well, I need to take it just, to this level you know, or the other, you know, the other side where yeah, you can't talk anything about it. And you're just like, yeah. you're sitting on this, this secret. There's, there's that level of maturity like, where, yeah, where you just, like, you, oh you that's God. part of the job. You mm-hmm. can't say a thing. You yeah. can't tell anyone. Um, that's part of the job as well. And another that's great about having you guys on is you guys realize we've already been doing this for an hour already. Bro, I oh, look really? it's a two, it's a two hour minimum, man. So I'm getting that five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> we use the whole time. If someone's there, Sean will be there. You know, <laughs> forty bucks for an autograph. Forty bucks. You but know, no, okay, no, okay. No. seventy for the combo. Now, now that the second game is out, now it's doubled. Now it's eighty because oh. you're technically getting one oh. signature for two different projects. Uh, okay, okay, <laughs> I, I like that. Don't don't argue, so. or I'll make it per character, and then you're real. <laughs> oh. be in real trouble, right? Oh, uh, but no, the we. One, the ahead, one thing that, no, the one thing that always I, I'm always curious, and I know it's never going to happen, but until I get my own, but I always want to know what these operation like NDA titles are you know because like i'm thinking it's like something like something weird like operation cough drop or like that's not that far off i mean like it could be operation leather couch or it could be like dude i I always used uh ubisoft as a good example because we got like four code names for the assassin's creed games like code name code name red code name jade yeah yeah yeah, but it's just like, you know, like, I want to know, like, you know, Nintendo seems like they have, like, something really, like, really funny. I'm sure those like, are weird. Yeah. I'm sure those are, those are but like, again, so I know way you guys off. Can't it's <laughs> that of the past. Like, don't don't name Teacup. It's Zelda. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right, he, guessed, he guessed it, Joe. We're going to get sued. I tried, I tried to help myself. Not again. <laughs> it's it's the secret third game where they're they're having a peaceful tea party after the events of Tears of the Kingdom and someone poisons Zelda's cop and she ends up falling into a coma. It was supposed to be a stealth remaster of Zelda wow. 2 The Adventures of Link. You know what? I love You know what? I'm already down for it. Like I I'll pre-order. Like, like Sakurai and Subspace Emissary. You had to go and leak it. Now it's not gonna happen. It's your Project fault. Teacup is the DLC. That's what it is. Teacup. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. Project Still have questions. Are we gonna? <laughs> if we're going that route, can we uh, do Project Mrs. Potts to do the second DLC? Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Cool. I mean, isn't, isn't Link and Zelda's form at the end of the game just Beauty and the Beast retold in a different way? I see we've got people mm-hmm. here who haven't finished the game yet. I, I have uh, So, so uh, I, I did not want to speculate. I, or ask if anything else. I ain't yeah, going to yeah. speculate. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if my wife will ever beat the tears, but like, you know, it's, I, I believe in her because she's just having fun with it, man. And right? that's, that's what it is. It's yep. all, 
I'll, I'll eventually get to the moment where I need where where I need to finish the story, and I'll do that. Well, but, I mean, just uh, like, right, I'm, I'm just, you know, yeah. like we we all have different like how we all get to the end. You know, it's yeah. always like the journey. Yeah. The journey is worth the adventure. Blah blah blah. You know, I don't know what that's saying. And and but, also like uh, just kind of want to talk about it real quick because I know a lot of people on Twitter and Instagram and all that were kind of like poo pooing and like complaining. It's like. Oh, 70 bucks for this game. Oh my God, Nintendo, you're price gouging us. And like, I get it. Like 70 bucks is more than what you're, you know, kind of used to spending. But 50 bucks, 60 bucks. But yes, I get it. 70 bucks is a little bit more. But when you factor in how many freaking hours of gameplay you mm-hmm. get out of it, 70 yeah. bucks is a damn steal. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest, man. It's, it's misguided anger because in that specific instance, a game like that is absolutely worth the $70, whereas the concern... I, sh- Go ahead. I stopped playing it, Sean, but to me, it's still worth $70. Of course. Well, but, I, but the concern I, is that, know. you know, now that the precedent has been set, what companies are going to hop on board and start charging $70 um, even when the games themselves very good question but that's the thing is you got to make sure that you deliver you got to you got to exactly sure got to deliver yeah. so to finish that up, that thought off mortal kombat 1 as they're calling it is going to be $70 on switch okay no so they're already happened so anyway so you know Sean Joe why do digital games cost the same as physical copies it's a light and- dude Physical yeah, is just a license. It's I just think a they license. should be cheaper. It's like, Read why is online tuition the same cost as in person? Right. But with that go, Sean, Joe, thank you guys for crashing game night again. Thank you. Know, I love having oh, you guys man. on. Um, as always, you guys still have an open invitation. Anytime. Hit me up. I think um, I think we should definitely have because it sounds like this has been an evening of commiseration because we've had, you know, without yep. going into details, we've all had a, our own struggles that we've dealt with. I, I didn't get into it before we started, but June last month was like one of the worst months in terms of like my work and like new opportunities mm-hmm. that I've had in a while. It was mentally, spiritually incredibly draining. Oh. So this is this is our promise to each other in like however long, six months, a year, whatever, we're going to come back and share the successes that happened along the way as a reminder to everyone out there, as a reminder to everyone out there that bad times are just times that are bad. Mm -hmm. And even those of us who would consider ourselves successful are still going to have moments where everything sucks, you know, for lack of a better turn. But that doesn't mean it's over. Um, It just means we got to power through. And um, for those that are catching Sean and Joe for the first time, uh, head on over to crashinggamenight.com, go up to contributors and guests. And go check out their past episodes where we had them on individually, got into their careers and and whatnot. Um, and get us and, invited to your local conventions because I promise it's a lot more fun than getting a video yes. shout out. <laughs> Definitely. So yes, please. To everybody with all the craziness that is going on and whatnot, just please be excellent to each other. Yeah. Be excellent Gentlemen. to yourself. <laughs> gentlemen thank you so much for joining once again so much fun and uh it, it, i can't believe that was an hour that that yeah, went no too worries. quick it, yep. it well it's an like hour that. for us in in jason's infinite void time is just time is a construct and then i just i just wait for the <laughs> next episode that man you know, has just... watched every available series on netflix twice <laughs> and just like, now what do i do with the rest of my ever you're not far off <laughs> but uh also once again we want to we want to send out the right message the correct message and and uh 
let's just uh, try and be a little bit better out there. You know, it's still a little crazy. We want to uh, show support, um, lend a hand, a hug, anything. You know, let's just try and be a little bit better, a little bit more patient, show a little bit more compassion and uh, kindness out there. And, uh, you know, just uh, be kind. Amen everyone so uh and once again gentlemen thank you so much for joining it's it's so much fun and and uh to j-rock yeah (laughs) up to you uh again thanks guys um always welcome you know this couch might change here and there but you know it's the the seats will remain the same you know always when you get rid of it you need to mail me one of the cushions so i can hang it up on my wall (laughs) bro bro Easily, it can do, can do. I have my old, I have my old couches, you know, back up. I want the one with backup, the butt print you know? on it from sitting on that specific section. So your spot. <laughs> he, he's asking for your spot. My my spot. My spot. Sheldon. <laughs> Sold, bro. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys. You know, it's always always a pleasure, and it always does feel like it's never feels like an hour. But mm-hmm. hopefully, we get you guys back on again sometime. And again, mm-hmm. hey, Sean, I really like that idea, man, because. There is a lot of people that, you know, you always think of that negatively. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, dude, you know, like bringing you down, but definitely come back. We always have a uh, yeah. winter Remember, season. Just by, just by being here tonight, we have a 100% unbroken success rate of making it through. So yeah. I don't yeah, plan bro. on ruining that streak anytime soon. Yeah. I, I, dude, I love that. I love that. I love that positivity, man. Yes. And normally I, I got to throw out a shout out to my boy. Theo, because he's not here today. We missed you, know, you we, bud. We, we missed him today. Yeah, the, the fourth, the fourth amiga, the fourth horseman. I guess you know? <laughs> that's right. It's okay with Joe and my our combined two <laughs> brain cells like are uh, they equal one person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fusion dance, you know. There you uh, go. Yep. Get him with with his brains and brawn and my yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my can do attitude. <laughs> But again, thank you guys so much. And since I have nobody, actually, I can't do it to Theo. I mean, I guess I'll do it to Matt because Jerry is banned from doing this. What are you talking about? I do it. I do it great. Jerry is banned. I do so it great. The host we'll see- with the most, Matt, send us off like Theo does. We'll do it like Theo. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Ta-ta for now. Matter right till next time. Yeah, so TTFM. Next time, okay, TTFM. Okay. You forgot. And and I ruined it. God. I ruined it. You, 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 you suck it. It's been a long man. You suck it, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>